space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. No Doctor Squee this week. He's going to see Back to the Future. Yeah, he had better things to do than uh, <laughs> hang out with us this week. And talk about three episodes of DS9, because we're, we're playing a little bit of catch-up um, so that we can get through the finale, well, get to the finale in time for us to do a proper season finale at the sci-fi weekend we want to talk about what you leave behind when we get there yeah um, i think that'll be a fun one with an argument i think so yeah and so this week we're talking about oh uh, we would pick a latin episode inter armor enim silent legis penumbra until death as do part I've always wondered how you pronounce that last word. Is that right? I always thought it was leagues. It could be. My Latin is not what it should be. My Um, Latin is non-existent. Thingy, Admiral Ross does say it right at the end, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I can't remember. If anyone is really good at Latin and wants to correct us in the comments... I'm not even sure what it means, and I probably should know what it means. It does that during war, the truth falls silent, or... Yeah, We probably should have written down what it meant, but... You know what it felt like to me? It felt like to me they wanted a posh title for the episode, and they just sort of shoehorned it into (laughs) a bit of dialogue at the end of it. It doesn't really really scan facebook user says morning gents don't know where you are facebook user but um uh, that's evening possibly, here that possibly it be on the central us or towards pacific coast could well be could well be um so we will crack on with the episodes because there's a lot to talk about this week uh, we are we are skipping over bada bing bada bang so there is one non-dominion war episode sandwiched in between it but from this point it's just solid we're not skipping anything ds9 why on earth am i facebook user it's adam because you didn't um, give StreamYard permission to use your name. There you go. You've got to give StreamYard it, permission. It's in the description how to do it. And it, it's safe, convenient, and legal. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, yeah, we start off then. This is... I remember this episode when it was first on being the one I was so much looking forward to because after they did Section 31 last season, you were waiting for the sequel. Yeah. And I remember being a little bit disappointed with this one. I, I don't, I, rewatching it, I enjoyed it. And I know that we get more Section 31 later, so it's fine. Uh, but first time round, I was like, oh, I wanted so much more going on. But. It's a decent, solid episode uh, before I, we get into I, I the final act. I quite enjoyed this episode. I think it's it's very different than what 
some of the stuff that we're gonna get, but I think it's like I think it's good. He's a good spy thriller every now and again. Yeah, I do. I think and, it's good. And it's it? a, and it's not just a follow up to the section thirty one. It's also a follow up to where uh, Julian playing James Bond. <laughs> it is. Yeah, we finally get Doctor Bashir getting to be a real spy as such, and we get some Romulan stuff, which is always good fun as well. Like we've skirted around the Romulans, and obviously we had. Um, Cisco bringing them in, but they're one of those uh, races that they go back right to TOS days. But we, it's the actual culture's never been massively explored. No, trying to explore it a little bit. It does a little bit, yeah. I mean, even in the modern stuff, like Picard touched on bits of it, but we still haven't got a huge amount for the Romulans. Yeah, um, but this one does do a bit, so. The Romulans feel like they're not getting enough support during the war. And the Klingons think that's fair enough. And well, it's so like got... uh, Worf says, well, we're, we're always at the thick of the fight. That's why that's we need more repairs. Yeah, you get them having digs at each other, even though they're meant to be allies at this point. And well, I do like the uh, little conversation between Bashir and Garrick in this. Mm-hmm. But it's the only bit of Garrick you get in, the, in, in these three episodes. And to yeah. Such a major player in this fight, in this final so, yeah. story arc. It's amazing how little is in the first sort of three parts. Of yeah, it. the first, like, movement of it, yeah. Yeah, but you do get him sort of, like, we, can, we find out a lot more about this in his book, A Stitching Time, yeah. by Andrew Robinson. But it's like, yeah, when he, was... that he just sort of goes on. No, it was a boring, boring assignment. I did nothing, but I can't tell you about it. You yeah. have to buy the book. <laughs> well, that's it. All the audio book now. It's uh, recently been made an audio yeah. book. So if you want to find out Garak's backstory. I've um, not listened to the audio book, but I have read the book. And it's, I can I've highly read the recommend book. the book. Yeah, I've got the audio book ready, but um, maybe when I've got a long drive. And, yeah, so Bashir's going to a conference, and Garak thinks Bashir should use it as an opportunity to spy on the Romulans. And as it happens, Sloane thinks the same thing as well, so we get the return <laughs> from Sloane. And... We find out, obviously, there's a lot of subterfuge going on in the episode, but he says the reason they can't just send anybody is because it's locked down by the Tal Shiar, so they need someone from the outside of Section 31 to, to send in. And all of this is predicting that once the Dominion War's done, there's going to be another war, and it'll be between the Federation and the Romulans. And you- you can see Sloan's thinking here. It yeah. does make a lot of sense. But like Bashir said, we're still in the middle of a war and you're already planning the next one. <laughs> I wonder if you can read a bit into that and say, well, Sloan can be planning the next war because he knows that they've already killed the founders. It's just a matter of time yeah. before. Actually, yeah, when you... That's something I hadn't put, put put together properly, but yeah, he already knows they've won, really. Yeah, yeah, he knows the founders are going to die off pretty quickly, so maybe that's why he's planning on it. Yeah, he's committed I, genocide already. Yeah, 
and I wonder if the Romulan star didn't go supernova. I wonder if there would have been a, a war with the Romulans. You never know. That might have been where they were heading. I mean, obviously, it takes a very different to- yeah. Uh, turn. Yeah, but, you could see why it would, because, like he says, the Klingons are in total disarray. Yeah. Everyone That's else is lost. He leaves the Federation and the Romulans. It does, and the Romulans are always up for grabbing a bit of power, especially when there's yeah. a power vacuum. So, yeah, it maybe would have been interesting to see an alternate history if the Romulan star hadn't exploded. Yeah, didn't get Star Trek too far. 2009 if they thought of a different way to do a reboot yeah whether there would have been a romulan war but you know we won't find out now um and then you get a conversation with cisco and bashir where cisco's saying you need to take the the assignment from section 31 um and we find out here cisco has been doing some digging into section 31 and starfleet of brushed it all aside yeah basically deny anything but they do know what's going on (laughs) yeah Yeah. and that mm, sort of fits with what we see of section 31 in discovery but also not you'd think that i mean you've got to assume that when section 31 went totally back into the shadows that they must have deleted everything and hidden everything. Yeah, like, what would make a lot of sense is if they rebranded after Discovery, so if Discovery had called them something different, maybe Section 30. Mm. (laughs) And they'd had to rebrand to Section 31. Yeah, that's it. There was a known version and then it went dark, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they missed the trick there with the se- if they wanted to sort of brush it under the table. Ah, uh, but you see, that's that's Enterprise's fault for setting it up as Section Thirty One in Enterprise. They couldn't yeah. do that. Yeah, true. But then it's Discovery's fault for deciding they were going to do it anyway. Um, but you know, we've we've talked at length about the some of the mistakes that Discovery made. Um, so we'll. We'll gloss over that for now rather than get into it every time we talk about Section 31. What I do like about this episode, and it's a really easy thing to do because Voyager's been filmed at the same time. We've got the Voyager set. But I think this is the first time we've seen an Intrepid-class ship outside of Voyager. Yes, I believe it is. And it, it's just nice to see a, an Intrepid-class ship that's yeah. not the Voyager. Yeah, and it makes sense. Why wouldn't you have more of these, this class of ship? Yeah, absolutely it does. And <laughs> it, it's one of them where it's just a nice bit of continuity. It gives the episode a bit of a different visual look rather than putting it on the Defiant or... Well, it's better than bringing back um, an Excelsior. <laughs> Yes, well, that was what TNG always did. An Excelsior or no birth class. Yeah, funny that, that they had them models lying around, and so that's why most of the... It was always weird you never got a Constitution class in Next Gen. I think it was that... It was sort of set up in the movies, wasn't it, that 
the Enterprise being a refit constitution was nearing the end of the Yeah, time. they got anyway, decommissioned. It was sort of like yeah. they were decommissioned sort of 60, 70 years before next gen. And yeah, to have, it have one like to have one lot still that them still going about no, it was a decommissioned ship. But they had a model of it that they could have used. They did have a model, but I think well, it, maybe... I think it made I think it made sense not to bring the Connies in. Yeah, because it does. It, they were from a different time period as the hero ships of a different time period. Yeah, and they were very long lived as well. When you consider when how long you know they well, were there from. Well, well, by TOS, we assuming there's at least two five year missions of Pike. Robert April was captain before that for yeah. for several missions. So by the time Kirk got on there. And then we had the gap to the motion picture, and then it adds even longer. Like, there's meant to be a lot longer between motion picture and can. I think in continuity, it's actually about 12 years. Yeah, it's something like that. It's, it's quite weird, a long time but... gap. Yeah, and yeah, the Admiral in Star Trek Three says the Enterprise is 20 years old, which actually at that point is more like 30, but anyway. Well, I'm thinking that's just the refit. <laughs> Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, so Romulan Ale's now legal, which is the main benefit of the And Admiral Ross has never tried it. So he says, I don't know. I mean, the more we find out about Admiral Ross, the more shifty he seems like he is. So To be fair, like his reaction to tasting it, he does look like someone who doesn't actually who's not actually keen on it. So even if he mm. tastes it before, he doesn't like it. So true. It's sort of like, well, oh, why am I even trying this? Why have you all been so fussed about having it illegally? Probably because it's just... illegal. Yeah. I wonder what it tastes like. Whether because it's it's Romulan ale, it's not a spirit. So maybe well, it's I, like I've always assumed it's like Blue Wicked because that's what I normally drink. But it um, looks like Blue Wicked, but it's an ale. That's what I want to pre- pretend. Um, so I think maybe it tastes more like Carlsberg, you know, Carlsberg Special Brew or something. Oh, I don't mind Carls- oh, Carlsberg Special Brew. Yeah, that's acquired. It's definitely that's a barley wine. That's more like a barley wine. It's heading towards. It's Whereas I imagine. Canar probably tastes like special brew. That like, it's got that treacly. I've always uh, thought Canar looks like it's just the um, it's almost like the uh, malt in the bottom, as if they just alkalize the malt because it's that thick. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, or Tia Maria that's gone off or something. Anyway, we'll get on to Canar in the next couple of episodes. Um, then Sloan turns up posing as someone who works for the Department of Cartography. And this is this is when alarm bells probably should have started going off with Bashir. Like you can't you've told me you can't send anybody in but you're here, you're here anyway. And yeah, I mean I'm not not saying he should have worked out everything that was going on, but it's definitely suspicious behaviour. But then Sloan is like the head of a black ops division yeah. of Starfleet, so he's bound to be a bit shifty. Yeah, and, it, yeah, it's a very strange one, and it? it does make sense that he's there. Yeah, 
like he's obviously using the doctor and he doesn't want the doctor as the main operative. He just wants the doctor to do one specific thing. Mm. Well, that's it. And as it turns out, what he wants him for is not what he's telling Bashir he wants him for. But um, well, he's, they have... he wants Bashir <laughs> there for a smoke screen. Yeah, effectively. Like played through this entire episode. He is. Uh, there's a bit where Sloan sort of gives him a briefing and you have the bit where he's showing him the head of the Tal Shiar and it's meant to be a hologram. And this always happens, but that actor blinks a lot to say that he's meant to be a, a hologram in that scene. Yeah. And it can't be helped, but it's just one of them where you're like, okay. Yeah, it's it's... Yeah, it's one of those things when you're doing holograms to walk around and so you've really got the actor there and you just make him believe that it's a hologram. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I suppose the other thing, you could do some sort of special where you freeze it, but it'd look naff. Like, did you ever used to watch uh, Police Squad? Oh, yeah, when they did the freeze frame. That was when they used to do the freeze frame, but you'd have people pouring stuff and it'd just go all over. Yeah, that were great. Um, and then Bashir thinks then that the plot is to stop Caval getting power. And when he meets Caval, you you get a shout out to the quickening episode where they they talk about the the quickening virus. Um, yeah, I quite I, like that that episode's referenced a fair few I do, times. I, I do, but I also like the way how Romulan is straight away. Can you replicate it? Can you make it into a weapon? <laughs> yeah, and I'm not bothered about the cure. Yeah, and it's sort of like... Now, is he thinking Bashir can make it a weapon for the Federation, or is he thinking he can steal Bashir's research to make it a weapon for the Romulan Empire? Uh, yeah, so I Is think... he thinking defensive or offensive? And it's sort of like a grey area on that. I think he's thinking that while they've got this treaty in place, he can get as much intel from the Federation as he can with a view to him developing it as a weapon Yeah, <laughs> for the Romulans. And maybe that's why he's not bothered about a cure, because he's like, well, you know, we might end up using it against you, so I'm not really bothered if yeah. you've got a cure for it or not. In like, fact, it'd be better. I'm not sure. To be fair, I'm not sure how effective a weapon like that would be against the Federation. Because even though it's like, it looks very eccentric, it shouldn't be. There's like yeah. hundreds of planets in the Federation. It, it isn't like the, the Earth Federation, it's the Federation of Planets. So yeah. I think we get to see a lot of humans, but I don't think it's me- the Federation is actually meant to be that way. No, it's not. It's just, yeah, it's budgetary uh, it, rather it's than budgetary and makeup. So I don't think something like the quickening, which targets specific uh, species, would be good for it, what they're looking at. I think it's probably one of them, though, that once he's, once he's got, the information he can set the Tal Shiar people yeah. in charge of yeah, but adapting it look, as needed. If you're looking defensively, though, uh, yeah. you would be worried about it being used against the Romulans because they do control their, their entire empire as the Romulans. That's true. And Remans once we find out in Nemesis. <laughs> yeah, once we actually meet the Remans. 
that one it's time. It's amazing how they kept it in for so long. Well, they were all on a mining planet, weren't they? So yeah. they were kept just out, uh, just <laughs> out of frame. They were probably in the scenes, but we just didn't see them. You the know, didn't pan around, around enough. That's it. They were stood off to the side like Jason Momoa. It's because it was um, how it was shot. If it had been shot in widescreen, that's it, exactly. We'd have got the Raymonds a lot earlier. Exactly. But, you know, we don't want to be saying stuff like this. We don't want them to George Lucas it and put Raymonds in and change all the Klingons to the Discovery Klingons. And... No, no. <laughs> we could open fact, up a major kind of world. I think, I think there's more chance if you were off to George Lucas it to change the Discovery Klingons to the next gen Klingons. You see, I wouldn't mind that. If they want to do that, that'd be fine. Um, anyway, so Bashir thinks there might be another Section 31 agent, and he goes to Admiral Ross and he says, We need to warn them. Admiral Ross don't want to do it, and then he's mysteriously taken ill. Yeah. Which again, alarm bells, Bashir. Come on. But this yeah. all forces him, or he feels it forces him to go and talk to Kretak. And he asks her for these secret well, secret documents and whatnot. Well, where she, like, the daft thing is she's probably an operative as well. At the oh, level yeah. She's been put to side. She'll be an operative. But I think this is uh, part of uh, Bashir's the tip, uh, being naive again. Well, it is, and that—that's what Sloane was counting on. That, yeah. that this is what and, he wanted. And he, rom- he romanticizes situations still. Exactly, even and though he's hyper intelligent, he's still got that that chink in his armor. Yeah, and that's and, it. Sloane needed like, someone who would earnestly go to Kretak. Yeah, and that like she wouldn't Kretak, sense any deception. But she says probably the most honest thing there, and goes. Like, probably nearly everyone here is an operative. Yeah. She tells him straight, we, she's basically going, we are all operatives. Everyone yeah. is an operative. And as we find out from Picard, there's an even more secret, secret organisation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which all fits with Romulans. But, but it, do, it does make sense for that sort of mission, the first big diplomatic mission of its type mm. like that. Starfleet are going to fill Valeria from with operatives. Yeah, That's oh, of not, course, yeah. The Romulans, every single person there, even your little background cap people in the background, are all going to be operatives. Everyone is going to be watching somebody. Oh, more than likely, yeah. Um, and then Bashir ends up getting dragged away for interrogation now. And... To give him his dues, they don't break him. He doesn't talk. I mean, he no. ain't got a lot to tell him, really, but um, he no, manages but, to withstand it all. Well, they do say that um, what they normally use for torturing, how they read, the bra- read someone's mind with the torture devices, doesn't mm. work on his genetically enhanced brain. Well, that's it. And that's probably another reason why Sloan wanted him specifically. Yeah. And it's, yeah, he's naive enough to fall into Sloane's trap, but if it does go wrong, <coughs> he should be able to withstand the interrogation. Yeah, it's... Uh... And then he gets dragged in front of the committee, 
Bashir sort of speaks out about what he perceives to be the plot. And then we get this fake out with Sloane. Like, there's quite a good... They don't don't drag it out too long. Uh, But you get this brief suggestion that maybe Sloane's actually just made the whole thing up and there's no Section 31 and it's just Sloane. Yeah, Sloane's got a vendetta and he is a security operative, but he's actually just a desk jockey and it's great. And if that... If that part of the plot had have worked, that would have been a real coup for Section 31 because it had got Bashir off the trail, it had got Cisco off the trail, and it would have made the Romulans think that maybe there isn't a Section 31. Yeah. So that actually would have been great, but finally Bashir does see through it all, and this is where he goes and confronts Ross and gives him the Latin and... I know we we always you know we often praise Alexander Siddig, and as we know, he's a friend of the the podcast. But he maybe overhands it a little bit when he starts talking about Caesar and he's throwing his hands up in the air. And... <laughs> but like, it is clever. Like they've got um, oh, what's the Romulan they've managed to get in? In place is the operative for Section Co- 31. Koval's the one that they're trying to get in place. Well, they because... the one they're trying to get rid of. Yeah, and Kretak. So they've got rid of Kretak. They've got Koval in, who's the one who was interrogating Bashir. Exactly, yeah. They've done. No, it does. It, it works out really well. It's, you know, Koval was probably going to got rid of, and they think, no, we want him to stay in power, so let's... Let's use Bashir as a as a pawn to move all the pieces into place. And yeah, apart from that, they don't get away with the whole. There's no such thing as Section Thirty One Black. It's a very successful mission for Section Thirty One well, to get away with the. Well, main no such goal thing as Section Thirty One was probably <laughs> sort of like. You put all the bits and then you go, oh, let's try this as well. But yeah, that's uh, when they do it, like in business analysis. That's uh, It's not a must-have, it's a would-be-nice-to-have. Yeah, rather it, than, it's uh, a nice little cherry on the cake. Yeah, so, you know, well done, Section 31. We'll give you an A- minus for the overall mission. Yeah, the like, we do find out how what Sloan's like, how his mind works later, because... But we do, gone, very much but, so, yeah. But he's gone through this... He is, isn't genetically enhanced or altered, and he's gone through this Romulan torture, which... That's true, like, yeah. We've seen this in Next Gen, where they did it with Georgie and they totally fucked mm. his head up and, and uh, they were doing it with... Ry- was it Riker that they did as well? Or is that a probably, different alien? I can't but remember they, exactly. They did... It, uh, did it a few times, so we do know that they are very, very good at this mm-hmm. mind manipulation and reading the mind with this torture device. So he's allowed himself to be captured mm-hmm. and put in this torture device, and under this torture device that they know is 100% effective most of the time, to actually tell them some, a lie. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, that they're breaking down enough to get a lie out of him. <laughs> yeah. And like you say, we'll get much more of a, well, a, a literal insight into Sloane's mind a little bit later. 
Uh, that was my concern with it again going back to like first time watching it I was like oh is that it have they done the section 31 episode and now we're going into the finale so are we not going to get section 31 again I but... thought we were going to get some more when I saw this alright good yeah it, I wasn't sure because until DS9 really when you had your recurring characters you got them once a season yeah. And that was it. And DS9 did that a little bit with like Zek. We get because... one Zek episode. We get one Mirror Universe episode a season, roughly. But I think like they tied up the Mirror Universe story for DS9. Yeah, to after a fashion. After a fashion, but the what they had going on with the Mirror Universe. They, cast, they wrapped they up tie... the story. They didn't necessarily do it with a quality episode, but no, we'll, but we'll the cover wraps... them one day. We wrapped, they wrapped up the story is the important part. And I didn't think this was wrapping up the story. Of no, you're right. So it I is was a... quite sure in the final season the word going to wrap it up because I think, I honestly think DS9 did a very, very good job of how it wrapped everything up. Oh, it did. Yeah, there's not a lot like, of plot threads like, left hanging. Like, they obviously knew by probably season five that they were going to run for seven seasons. Yeah. And they had a long time to plan how they were doing the ending. Yeah. They pretty much used half a season to do the ending. Well, they do, Instead, I mean... Because it, it, you see, like, I'd, Next Generation didn't have a proper ending. All good things. It was just no. a really good quality ending. Voyager had one with Endgame, but it has faults and could have done with an extra episode, maybe two more. Definitely. To tie it up properly. TOS... Completely different kettle of fish. Let's yeah, not go and there. Enterprise, uh, let's enterprise, said the best, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's mistakes were made, <laughs> but yeah, DS9 got to it got to finish on its own terms as a TV show, whereas all all the other ones thought they were going to get a movie, and I mean TNG did, TOS did. Oh, well, TOS fair, didn't think, think it were getting a movie at the time, but I think Voyager thought maybe Enterprise... I think, I think DS9 had actually been told they were getting a movie, and it fell fell apart. Right. Well, I I'm didn't quite know. Sure, I'm quite sure I remember when DS9 was coming to a close that we were getting a DS9 movie. There was all sorts of talk about it. There may have been because... rumours and things, but listening to Ira Stephen Bear, he wanted to wrap it up. No... As a uh, TV yeah. show, because he didn't expect any more. But how the Raptor up was brilliant. Yeah. And we can't and, and we are and we are going right we to are, the end. We're gonna get there soon. So let let's start the final arc then. So and these are actually called parts one to ten on Netflix, which Yeah no. They were not called when they were on TV. I don't know why they've put the you know, um, that is not the official episode names. If, I think maybe they've done if it. You can for the benefit it of, thirty seconds, I'll let you know how they were when they came out on video. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, they were they I were will be back in thirty seconds. Talk to yourself. <laughs> right. I will do. I'll in, I'll queue up the episode then while Elliot goes to get his VHS collection. But yeah, it was known for a long time that DS Nine were going to wrap this up with a ten, effectively a ten part episode, even though it's not 
called a 10 part episode and it's not part one part two part three as netflix would have you believe um but they clearly set the stall out that this is what they were going to do they did a bit of a dry run of it at the start of season six by having a six episode arc but now we're going out with 10 episodes back to back and Elliot has returned with his VHS. Now, we can confirm it does. It was not called part one and part two. No, it was we Penumbra. Just episode names. Exactly. The only part one and part two is what we leave behind, and that's only because they, they split it for syndication later down the line. So this one shows us right from the start that we are going to be finishing up our story arcs now because we've got Cisco starting straight away planning a house on Bajor now and he says I bought it this afternoon and it's like I wonder if he got like an emissary's discount like who's going to say no like I, yeah, I'd like to like, think that Cisco didn't hardball well, them, but if well, he went down and said, "I'll give you threepence for this land," they'd fair, have to say yes. To be fair, in these next two episodes, there's quite a few instances of Cisco being charged money. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't get and like where like, and, and it is one of those, and it's one of those stupid things that was established in. I don't think it was established till Star Trek Four. No, I don't think they officially that, said. Yeah, but in Star Trek Four, they put it into canon that they didn't have money, and it's created an issue ever since then. It has, particularly when you want to do like DS Nine, where we're interacting with other cultures, and yeah, and but yeah, in a bar with a, a capitalist who's definitely but, not giving you the stuff for free. But somehow Cisco is really bolstering the Bajoran economy over the course of these two episodes because he's throwing his money around left, right, and centre. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't really consult Cassidy about this. I mean, it turns out she's happy about it. Well, to be fair, <clears throat> he's buying this and being a relationship, but. They haven't moved on. He hasn't asked her to marry you. Really. No, he's he just like, guess what? Guess no, what? We're going to live on Beja. No, he doesn't. He goes, I might retire there. And then he asks her that I, I can see you living there with me. Would you like that? True. True. He doesn't it's... go, you are going here, woman. I just think they're kind of serious enough at this point that maybe he should have run it past her. But then... She's kind of used to him doing mad Bajor-related stuff at this point, yeah. you know. <laughs> She's probably thinking, well, all he's done is bought land. At least he's not digging holes trying to find another <laughs> lost civilization or something. Yeah, he's not getting me uh, possessed by a power or anything. And he, he's getting, you know, he's getting into this, I'm a half-wormhole alien now because he's like, well, when I look in the mirror I don't just see a man anymore. I see something a little bit more. Yeah, he's like, he's fought, okay, he's, into it all, he? he's fully... Yeah, he's, he's definitely committing to the bit <laughs> now. Um, and then we start the subplot with Esri and Worf and 
Esri's had dinner with Captain Bourdais, who's been mentioned several times over the course of the show. Captain Bourdais is one of those characters that I, I understand why we never saw him for oh, yes. reasons. But it's one of those characters that, oh, how cool. It really makes you wonder how does he look when he's yeah, with his see-through like, head. see-through head and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently he's he's pretty good looking, according to Esri and Jadzia, so... No, they said that he's really charming. Really? Oh, you're right. Sorry, he's charming enough possibly to make up for a see-through head. Yeah. Uh, but Worf isn't very impressed with this. Now... Yeah, because you, you get, like, uh, you have that little conversation between um, O'Brien and Bashir, don't they? What did she see in him? And uh, they got mainly his brains. His brain, yeah. <laughs> so his internal organs are not see-through. It's just his... Yes, yeah, so... So I imagine it like, imagine you did a cast of your face and had it cast yeah. where you're resting. But then <laughs> and you put, it'd and be... You a, and you put a brain inside it. That, then you'd you know, see like when you see them, You know when you see them uh, sort of scientific pictures of with skin with yeah, yeah. the eyeballs and the nerves and all the brain and all that. I imagine it's like that. I mean, it must be, yeah. Um, Esri, I think... They've finally got Esri figured out now. Like we talked earlier on in the earlier episodes, and we did deliberately skip over the getting to know Esri episodes. Mm. But I think by this point, she absolutely feels like she belongs there and she feels yeah. an important part of the ensemble. I, I think the, and I, I like the stuff they're doing now with her. Like they did, they did shoe on. Quite a lot of episodes in at the beginning of this season that we have skipped over. And it was necessary because she, like, as an actress coming in and you fill in a role mm. of a really well established show and you've got to fill in for the last season, you've got a one year contract. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard and you, how do you gel with the other characters to get chemistry going? And, that's it, and but I feel like now they have nailed it. Like yeah. she doesn't feel out of place at all in this story arc, and it's almost like they've been they've been keeping this stuff on the back burner because they knew they wanted to do this in the final arc and actually deal with the stuff with Worf and everything. It's um, really so, clever how they do how they even deal with all that personal issue. That yeah. I think this is really well done throughout these episodes. There's a fun bit with Quark where he sort of consoles Esri by saying, well, look, Worf wouldn't die if he owed me money. <laughs> yeah, I like that, yeah. It's just, what, he doesn't even like you. Yeah. It's like, that's why. That's why he wouldn't enjoy Stovacar knowing he owed someone he didn't like money. Yeah, absolutely. And we get to go back to the Badlands. I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but it's always nice when we get them cool Badlands effects from the Voyager pilot. Like, when you think, this is 1990s <laughs> TV budget CGI, yeah. and it still holds up and looks good. It does, yeah. I mean, I think... Time, and at the same time, you had George Lucas with... Uh, Mm. Mega budget movies putting out the Phantom Menace. Yeah, which is getting its twenty fifth anniversary re release. If you want to feel old, but um, 
I won't be bothering going to the cinema to watch that one again, personally, but there you go. No, I actually watched a documentary on why the Star Wars movies look so bad, and it was quite interesting. All right. And it's saying that he's pushed for so many special effects, so there's... Like, even compared to some, when you look at something like Infinity War or Endgame yeah. with Marvel, and the budget they had with the technology 20 odd year, twenty years later, yeah. that he was trying to do more special effects yeah. with a smaller team. So what they're, they're <laughs> basically going, um, right, you can do this. Now we want you to do... So you can do X in this amount of time. Mm. Now we want you to do X, Y, Z and A, B, C in the same time. Yeah, and I think there's and, one... And, and that's why it is, and they were saying, like, they didn't have time to do all the compositing no. that they done because there were so many things. I think there's one shot. shot in The Phantom Menace that doesn't have any CG in it, which is just ridiculous for a film yeah. in 99. Um, anyway, the, there's a, a real just throwaway line from Damar, which I only noticed this time, but is actually some really nice continuity for, uh, well, for something that we'll be talking about again at SFW, which is where he's talking about a Ketracel White facility, and he says, can't the sonar protect it? Yeah. Which... Obviously, when we get to Insurrection, we find out that the sonar uh, did used to produce Ketracel White. And I love the fact that when they've written Insurrection, rather than just making up something brand new, they've picked out a species that's been mentioned previously. Yeah, I um, I wondered what you have to say, but I did notice him say that and thought straight away, yeah. Yeah, that's Insurrection, and this is yeah. before Insurrection, which is... Very clever, that move. Very good, yeah. Nice little reference to it. Um, I don't know where this is going, but I'm, I've made a note of it because I'm sure it's something that will come back later, uh, which is where the founder wants a subspace link setting up. And I don't think that's paid off. Ah, I bet it's for the brain, isn't it's it? It's for the brain, yeah. There we go. So it is paid off in these yeah, episodes. Yeah, it is paid off yeah. in these. Yeah, I got that straight very quickly. Um, there we go. I'm going to jump quite a bit ahead, but were you at any point surprised when the brain met up with the found with the Dominion? Oh, no, not at all. No, that... <laughs> and... and and I'm talking not like on these rewatches because obviously we've seen it. And we no, not not. I mean, the even originally, night. no. It was I very. Mean, it was a very sloppy way to get to the cliffhanger. They even like Sorry, telegraph I'm it. The cliffhanger of the next episode. <laughs> they even telegraph it visually, like whenever it shows. Um, the Dominion ship, it shows it moving left to right, and when it shows the Breen ship, it shows it moving right to left. So they're even telegraphing on a visual level, these two ships are are coming to meet each other. Dominion ship is... Sorry, the Breen ship is going right to left. Okay, sorry. 
Wrong way around, but... Um... I know the green ship's going right to left because that's the uh, background I used for the thumbnail this week. Right. <laughs> well, well, I went 50-50. I had a 50-50 shot of getting it right. <laughs> but the point is they are travelling in opposite directions and so that cues us in that that's going to be what happens. And also, just from I the storytelling... I never noticed that, that they're moving in opposite directions. I didn't that, until that this time. And from a storytelling perspective, it's like, we've got ten episodes left to go. Eight, once we've finished these two episodes, we can't afford another separate faction. You know, we can have a sub-faction within the Dominion side, but we, we can't... There is no room to do that. So, um, yeah, it's not a surprise to anybody, I don't think. Um, there's the bit where Esri goes into Worf's quarters and we get voice samples from Terry Farrell and we get Terry Farrell's picture. So let's let's remember that when we get to the finale because we do her a disservice in the finale do that we don't do disservice. here. Yeah, they do a huge disservice. Yeah. Um, oh, that gives me an idea for what we can do at the finale. On our oh, okay. <laughs> Back to Cisco then, and this is where he does propose. And this has got to be one of the most underplayed proposals ever. Like, they're just sort of chatting away and he just goes, let's get married. And it's like, oh, okay, Cisco, that, that wasn't exactly uh, uh, spectacular. And what's amazing is, he's, uh, like, that's not spectacular how he asks her, but he's obviously put some planning in because he's hidden the ring inside. He has hidden the ring, house, yeah, that's very good. Which is uh, two little uh, black hole rings that he's glued together by the looks of it. Yeah. Uh, anyone who doesn't know what an O-ring is, it's just a little uh, black sort of rubber thing that, you put between metal joints to put, create a water seal. Mm -hmm. But he's using it as like a, to represent a table decoration or something. But yeah, that you know, we'll give him that. But he sort of underplays the actual proposal itself a yeah. little bit. Um. Then yeah, Dax finds Worf in now, the Badlands. I, I do like how. Uh, there's bits here that I think are very clever continuity that they've got the mm. continuity right because like we have like the Defiant has gone looking for Worf and they've gone we've found so many escape pods but we haven't found yeah. Worf's but they've all from I can't remember if it was Starboard or Portside they found them from um, they found them all from the Starboard side yeah so she, and they have to give up because Dominion are coming. So fair enough, they have to pull back. Yeah. Not everyone they could. And Esri goes and steals a shuttle. Yeah. Or a runabout. <clears throat> and you have her doing the stupid, I can't hear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Cisco knows, and he does say to Kim, he goes, I am not going to stop it because she will never forgive me. Which is if fair enough, yeah. And if I bring her back, she'll try again. Or never forgive me. Yeah. So he lets her do it because she needs to do it. But when she gets there, she starts looking and she goes, What if, where would an escape pod from the port side have gone? Yeah. 
and the computer doesn't she goes all right let's go there towards badlands so this is where we get our beautiful tv cgi are you listening phantom menace <laughs> where we get our beautiful tv cgi of the plasma fields we do and she goes turn off engine so we follow the currents and then you keep seeing her while she's talking to the computer going which is a callback to when we first saw her that she's getting space sick yeah you're right enjoyed and she doesn't it's not mentioned at all in this episode but it's just a little callback that said i'm a starfleet officer because first time she does it she goes i'm a starfleet officer i shouldn't be getting space sick but since i've been joined i am and i don't know why And it's good and it's that we get nice continuity. I just thought it's a nice little bit of continuity that the book. It there. is, and it's good that we get character traits that are Ezra's that are just Ezra's. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it helps to flesh out the character and everything. But she still carries on, which I think, yeah, you getting you get your space it. We can see it in your face, you're acting it good, we can see that. You're not saying a word about it, you're not actually sick. Mm-hmm. But we can see that you're playing back to what you said in when you first joined up with them. Yeah. And they do a good job of sort of building this <laughs> kind of sexual tension between Ezri and Worf. Like, you get the bit where she's mopping the blood off of him and you get the bits where they're sort of bickering and she mentions Alexander and everything. And it all leads to them abandoning the ship and you get a bit of a nod to Star Trek 3 where you see the runabout coming down. Yeah, they get caught by Dominion and the Wolf does the correct thing in that situation. Yeah. It's going to atmosphere. They, yeah. can't, they, stop. they can't go into an atmosphere. To, or they can't, I, I don't think that's right because we've seen so many ships that can go in atmosphere. But maybe they can't manoeuvre in the same way as you run about can in the atmosphere. Yeah, like, run, run we'll give it can, that. Can fly like it's a jet fighter. Yeah, the runabout is designed to take off like a biplane. <laughs> yeah, and then you've got a bit more about the wedding and everything. Like Cisco thinks it's going to be low key, but the Bajorans are treating it like a massive thing, which they yeah, won't do get- it. Yeah, well, you can see why the world and I do like how they're planning it. And then little girl comes up and congratulates and she goes, kind of bit, I can't remember what word it is. I, it's yeah. obviously some sort of little uh, maid of honour or something in the Bajoran word from it. And she goes, yeah, exactly. I know you can only have 51, but I'd be so honest. Yeah. Give me one and it's that like, what do you mean I can only have 51? <laughs> it's a bit like um, like in this country, we, we get a day off when there's a royal wedding. I mean, not for every single royal wedding, but when it's someone who's in line to the throne, we get a day off. I, I pulled that in one job uh, I had that I demanded the day off for one of, for, I think it was Will and Kate. The, yeah. The, man called it, the extra man called it Monday. I demanded it off. And I, right, got a, well. and I got away with it because it was, we'd had to cover, oh, it was age or something, we'd had to cover a lot of air. Oh, yeah. And I pulled the fast one that, no, this this is one of our Christian things. Like, everyone knows I'm not religious, but I just pulled yeah. it. Off. No, you've had a lot of time off. 
Theophilus. But yeah, it's the, the future a, head of the Church of England. No. Yeah, it's like, no, you let me have my time off. And he says, no, I'm not bank holding Monday off. And yeah, I got right. away with it. I got away with it because I was the first one who thought of doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you should get the bank holidays off anyway, but that's another... Yeah. Well, that's when I worked in catering. Right. So different... So then we get the return of Guldekat. And at first I was like, well, how does he keep sneaking in without anyone knowing? But it does turn out that Wayun does know about he, it. He, he's fully aware <laughs> of what he's doing. Like, exactly. And I do, I do like uh, the little play Wayun does with uh, Demar on this. He goes, and he said, don't think I don't know what you're up to. Yeah. And all that. And he's obviously, he does know about Guldekat. And he lets him out go, what do you mean? He goes, Gold the cat used to sneak off through his liaisons in it through yeah. his women. <laughs> yeah, he sort of gives him a chance to fess up, but doesn't push it. But yeah, he yeah. finds out later on. <laughs> it's interesting though that you get the cats. This is this is post parade the cat. And Demar's really surprised. He's like, you sound like you believe it all. And it's like, no, he actually does now. He's, yeah, I do. I have found the love of the parade. He's he's <laughs> gone fully down the rabbit hole now, Demar. So you need to get used to this new Gulder cat who well, been, um He hasn't gone he hasn't just gone down the rabbit hole. He's uh, he sold his wife and all his kids. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I will be that. He's letter in it. <laughs> Well, that's it. And it all leads to, we finally get to see most of Marco Lemo's face now because he, he gets to swap the Cardassian makeup for just a Bajoran nose. Yeah. Uh, which is, must have been quite nice for him after seven years. Yeah, it must be quite, oh, bloody hell. How cool is it under these studio lights? <laughs> which studio yeah. lights are renowned for being really intensely hot when... It must be thinking when you haven't got all that makeup on. Bloody hell, how cool is this? Yeah, and he gets like, to use his full face for expressions like, now. Like, I have one of my cosplays I do, and I wear full face makeup. Mm-hmm. And I know, just in normal rooms, how much hotter it is with the yeah, full that, makeup on. That's just makeup makeup. That's and, not. And, and, yeah, that's just makeup makeup. And he has all the prosthetics as well. <laughs> yeah, so it's good that he gets to. Gets to Played another different side of Dakar, and also for him that he gets to gets to be in less makeup for this final stretch. And then we do get the reveal of the brain. So Worf and Dax have a big row, then end up sleeping with each other, then get kidnapped by the brain. Now, don't you think this is interesting? Right. You've got this couple, yeah? And they've just they've had all this sexual tension between each other, and they finally give in to it, and you just go at it. And you, and we've all been there when you get with someone for the first time in these sort of situations, and you're ripping each other's clothes off, and they're all over the place. I know what you're gonna say, yeah. And back, and the brain get there, and after all, all this, and them getting it on, they've taken the effort to get dressed again and put the shoes back on. It's <laughs> because they, go they, know, <laughs> and, they know that they're in a TV show that's going to be shown on a daily basis in the afternoons. And, and like I was thinking about this, and it's like very much like uh, when you see Bashir in bed, 
Mm. When Sloan goes into his thing, he's got full pajamas on, yeah, uh, all the way up to the top. I, do, I don't know what you're like, but when I'm like, I don't wear, like wearing anything when I sleep. But it, if I have to, because you're in that sort of company where you have to be wearing something, I've still got to have something really baggy on that. And yeah, yeah, nothing on the top and baggy things. But he's like, no, all zips <laughs> up and. We can't show Bashir does strike me as a pajamas kind of guy, though. I could see Bashir doing yeah, that. Not like, not pajamas up to you, bloody <laughs> Maybe not, but I think if anyone out of the cast would do that, it would be Bashir. Um, and yeah, so the Breen return. And um, we have seen the Breen before, but not in a really well, significant role. Well, we saw them in. Um... Oh, it's... The two parts there. Yeah. We and, did. And in theirs, realistically, they were working together. Yeah. They were allies. Yeah, yeah, so they the were. last time we saw the brain, you, you have to say, well, no, the brain, last time we saw them, they were allies. So this is actually quite a bait and switch. It is, yeah. And they've all, they've been alluded to a lot in Star Trek, but we've only seen them very rarely. And we're obviously going to find out a lot more about them in the episodes to come. And to finish out this first episode, these episodes are so densely packed with plot. There's so much going on. There's a lot of... There is. And so the prophets tell Cisco not to get married. And that's uh, where we leave this episode. Doesn't uh, Kai Wynn come in this episode? No, well? that's the start of the next episode. So Kai, Kai Wynn comes in. Because into once it. all three of them back to back, it gets a bit where they and start. And, uh... Exactly. She's already. We'll move straight on to the next one then, but she's already having a go at Cisco. Like, well, hang on. Why don't you ask me to do the wedding ceremony? I'm the Kai. What's going on here? Well, yeah, but she she does it uh, her way of uh, wording it sort of politically, like she does, yeah. And I understand that you've asked Benedict so and so. He's obviously yeah, he'll be all right stepping down. I'll I'll have a word with him. He'll be okay. He'll step aside for me. Not yeah. I'll be doing this ceremony. Like it's like yeah, this is the most important wedding that's ever happened on Bajor. Yeah, I am the head of the religious order. I am fucking performing it, and you. Yeah, well, it's like <laughs> again going back to our royal weddings. It's like the Archbishop of Canterbury doing them. Yeah. You know, you, this is what I'd be expected. Yeah. And Cisco isn't intentionally having a dig, but he does mention speaking to the prophets, and she's like, "Oh, well, they've never spoken to me." Yeah, not to, not told me anything ever. But then they do. Except we know, because we're watching it on TV and we can see the evil lighting, that this is clearly not the prophets that are speaking to her. This is the parades. But if the... Now, we do know the prophets are linear. So we have to imagine the prophets knew she was going to always turn to the parade. Yeah, they did. And that's why they've never spoke to her. But yeah, that makes they sense. Could, they could have saved themselves a lot of hassle if they had ever spoke to her, even if it was just a slight thing going, oh, you're, new, you're going to be Kai one day. Yeah, true. But... Don't push it, but you'll be Kai. Don't push it. Just so they could see 
so she knew what the prophets were like, and then yeah. she'd have known that it wasn't the prophets this time. True, yeah. The prophets use largely sort of blue lighting, and it's generally a bit brighter. There's definitely some orangey, reddy overtones to this vision. Yeah, which... they yeah, they obviously all play with the contrast and color balance. Yeah, we know this is this is not a good thing. Um, and then. But the, it's very specific. Like, I don't look like they're telling her very specific things. Yeah. Look out for a farmer. Look out for someone from here. He's well, this is like it. This. And, and, and it's quite obvious at this point. Like, we know Golda Cat is getting altered to look Bajoran. Yeah. What we haven't seen, we haven't seen the conversation where the. Pirate has told Golden Cat. No, but they clearly have. have. But it's clearly they have told him, this is the character you need to play, exactly this character. Yeah, and, and we're going to go tell her to her, expect you. And you are going to get in there. And you're, yeah. you're going to get a bit. This As you and Golden Cat, this is a big uh, up for you that you're going to have the Kai. Oh, yeah, Guldicat. I thought that watching this one. I'm like, you know, he never gets to be with Kira, but I, re- I reckon... I reckon he's going, the Kai. Yeah. The head of the Bajoran church. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, like, that's a good notch. She's... she's Louise Fletcher's well, an unattractive woman, but she wasn't like a babe, babe. You know what I mean? No. And Kira used to look at and go, yeah, she's... she's a, a baby, yes, and, and Kai wins but, a bit older than Decat likes to. Yeah, but you can see it is thinking. No, the Kai. Yeah, that's a big one up. Yeah, I think he'd be. You know, if he like if he, name, oh, who not, was the original Kai? Oh, Kai Opaka. It'd have had Kaya Packer if he could just do one up. Oh, he would have done, yeah, just to say that he did, definitely. Yeah. Well, maybe or maybe not, he'll get to brag about it. No spoilers for what happens with the cat. <laughs> um, Wolf and Esri, then, they're just arguing more. We're kind of repeating beats here. Um, the, there is quite a, a cool bit where we find out that Worf's been trying all the classic escape attempts, like, my, my roommate's ill, you need to let someone in. And, and, and I do like that he's been trying all the classics, say, you try to bypass the... Yeah. But it, it, and a lot of these are, are things that are actually the classics that we've seen in TOS that Kirk always got away with. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and we do know that Kirk was almost like, required learning at Starfleet. Yeah. So anyone who's gone through Starfleet will know about Kirk's escapades. And or even if you've seen escape movies, you know, films and no, stuff but, like that. Yeah, but, but yeah. They don't, do, they don't do films in the same way, but you can look You can look at Kirk is, uh, what we've seen of TOS, Kirk has pulled all these things that um, Worf is trying and, and Kirk yeah. got away with them. And these would be required learning at the academy. <laughs> yeah, we'll put it down to that then. Yeah, he's read about Kirk and he's decided to try and escape. Yeah. 
Um, Ducat has a really interesting conversation with Demar before he leaves for the station, mm. where he he basically plants the seeds of where Demar is going to end up. He's saying, you know, you could be the leader of Cardassia. You could actually be a force for change. Yeah. And it's like, don't let, like, Like at this point, Goldacat obviously realizes that what he did with the Dominion and falling in with them mm. was actually a really bad, yeah. bad move. It's been a bad move for Kardashian. And Demar makes, I can't remember if it's this episode or last episode where he's talking to Wyoun and he goes, How many millions of Kardashians have died? Oh, yeah, he gives him the statistics, doesn't he? How many have died on there, yeah. Yeah, and every single family has lost at least one person on the the planet. Yeah. Like, it's okay you not being bothered about this. You don't see why people be looking for escape pods. Because you've got the Jemadai, you just breed them in tubes. You're not, you're yeah. not bothered about them in the same way. They and that's got... the that's the critical difference between the way any other race thinks than yeah. as to how the the founders do. And yeah, we're, we're starting to get a bit more of a proactive Demar, are we? We're, we're planting well, the seeds for well, that. Look, we're not yet, we don't get the proactive Demar in these episodes. Yeah. But we get the seeds planted for proactive Demar. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, and then there's a really nice shot of Descartes as the Bajoran arriving on the station. And... Well, there's the part before. The cat and Demar have the have their chat. Yeah. And you have Demar and when he wakes up and he just looks an absolute mess. And, yeah. And uh Wayun wakes him up. Yes, you're right, yeah. Hearing that, and he's and it's sort of like, what uh, you gotta get ready, we're going somewhere, and it's no choice, it's like you are coming. Yeah, we have to go. We have to go. We are departing so so and Demar's getting red wakes up and and you can see he looks in the mirror and he picks up the bottle of canar and he turns away from the mirror to have a drink so he knows yeah. that he's, he's starting to realise how he's drinking it. This is the point where he realises how he's drinking. He's de- de- yeah, de- he's starting. Like he turns yeah, away from shout. the mirror to have the drink. He still needs a drink at this point to, to come around. And I think we've all been there. And like, we're about to do sci fi weekend in 29 days. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, 29 days. Uh, start, well, no, actually, it starts four weeks today. We'll be there. We'll be in Yes, we will. So, four weeks there. And we know how much we drink. And we regularly have a drink on the morning to come round on that bender. Yeah. <laughs> But that's it. That's when we're on a... On a bender. <laughs> yeah, whereas this is Demar's everyday life at yeah, this point. But, but this is the first... Uh, this time you see him, and he has to turn away from the mirror because he realises how he's drinking. He doesn't, doesn't want to face speak. himself doing it. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good shout. Um, I was saying about the... I like the, the shot of Descartes. There's something... It's like a transgression that Decat's on the station, but they don't know he's there. 
Yeah. Like he's able to just go and blend in. There's something does, very sinister it this, about it. He does that little look around, doesn't he? And he's sort of like real. You can see in his face that he's really chuffed with him. Yeah. Like he's walking through the station and no one recognizes That's him. That's it. Um, Cisco and Cassidy then. Cisco tells Cassidy about his vision. And it basically boils down to him saying, well, we can't get married because my mum said I can't. Yeah. <laughs> that, which I can understand why she's not best pleased about that. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. It does boil down to that. Yeah. So and, yeah. It's very different. It's the conversation he has with the prophets about where they're telling him not to get married. Yeah. That they're almost explaining to him. Yeah, they are. Which is it's a, not. They're going a lot further than they're normally doing what they say. Yeah, they they see they are trying to save him from heartache. Effectively, they're not doing yeah. this out of malice. Like we uh, know this. In, we know this in retrospect, having seen it all. Yeah, this is very strange at the time. Yeah, at this point, you don't know what's going to come of it, and the last time. He went against what the prophets told him is when Jadzia got killed. So, yeah. you know, it, the stakes of this are pretty high. Um, Descartes then meets Wynne, and this is where he's giving her all the lines that he needs. Oh, I'm just a simple man of the land, and I'm not worthy to be drinking with the Kai. And, and I'm not this, and, and she's going, you're this? And she's and just we're, going, we're, and, we're all gonna, the, and all the... All the lights are going. Yeah. Uh, it's, oh, I'm, I'm going to restore the land. Oh, wait a minute. They talked about the restoration. Yeah. yeah. And he goes saying, we have to do so-and-so, so-and-so for, for the restoration of the land. And she's going, what? <laughs> and I do, I do like the way, as far as she's concerned... The first time the prophets ever spoke to her was about five minutes ago, or you know, maybe a day ago, if we're being generous. Yeah. yeah. The way she talks to him, because she thinks, oh, he's in awe of me because I'm the Kai. She says it almost as if, oh, well, last time I was speaking to the prophets, they told me this. You know, she makes out almost as if, yeah, me and the well, prophets all the well, time. Like, she's the religious leader of Bajor. Yeah. And we know not just Cisco as, as prophet experiences, but we know Kira and other people, other Bishons have had religious yeah. prophet religious experiences with the prophets. She is not I imagine like you've got Kira knows that she's hasn't spoken to the prophets ever. Yeah. And Cisco knows she's never, but I bet that is not a wild, wide. No, absolutely not. And talking to the prophets, I imagine most Bajorans imagine that the Kai talks to the prophets all the time. Yeah, but it's it's just funny and a sign of her arrogance that she's more than happy yeah. to let him. But and um, well, I was off to say it's like. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. But I imagine, like, members of the church, people who go to church, who are just normal people like us, 
they've got to imagine people like the Pope and yeah, all that, who are actually in communication with God. Yeah, yeah. The, there's got to be something like when you have these uh, in America, where you see these stupid people who go to the ones mm. where they get cured and all that. Like they've got oh, yeah, to the believe that these, meetings. They've, but they've got to believe that these people are actually speaking. Oh to yeah, them. I'm sure they do. Um then Worf, there's a couple of out of character bits for Worf here. I'm gonna cover chronologically the second one first. So the brain breaking and they make short work of Worf. This is obviously to show us how tough the brain are. But that's our character for Worf that he gets beat up so easily. But just before that, he's having a nightmare after this torture. And he mentions Alexander. Now, that's really out of character for Worf that he's talking about Alexander. Yeah, it's like you don't know how far into the subconscious and everything. They, they've had to go like, a long way. Like, Worf's a very deadbeat dad. So. Like there was mention. Like, Ezra mentioned to him about how Alexander had been promoted to a weapon. Yeah. Officer, and Worf wasn't impressed. And he's sort of like, oh, well, I must have been desperate. And yeah, that's not, it. Are, are you ever going to give him an easy time? <laughs> nope. No, he's not. This is, In fact, this is probably but, the last time he ever mentions him. Yeah, so. but, but it makes you wonder under torture if... Because we see what happens with Ezra after Yeah, we do. And it makes you wonder if they're really going, yeah, maybe they're going into the deep emotions as opposed to going into the deep air, yeah. trying to find out the secrets. So are you we know, giving like, Wolf the benefit it, of the doubt and that, saying that at heart he tar- cares he, about Alexander? Tar- yeah, it's his son and he cares about him and he loves him at heart because the brain, it's almost like the the brain are looking for a chink in your armor, so they're not trying to find your secrets out about the military and or whatever. Yeah, they're yeah. secrets. They're trying to find out your your deep secrets. Yeah, something that we your can use to things. break you, sort of thing. Your personal things. <clears throat> Go on, then. We'll give Worf the benefit of the doubt and say that deep down he cares. Especially with how Ezra reacts at the after. Well, yeah, that's the that's the which, other bit, isn't sort of, it? That, which sort of ties it in together. Yeah, we find out that Ezra subconsciously is in love with Julian, and that is quite well, a good scene where she goes, oh, am I? Hang on, let me think about well, that, because it's news to her, really. Well, she had had that dream, hadn't she? And she'd spoken yeah. to and she'd gone, and it turns out it took the mask off and it was Julian at the end of my dream. Yeah, so she's definitely thinking about it, but I, I yeah, like sort I, of... Like, I want to go back to that that little dream because there's a yeah. really nice touch here and it's about Ezra and it's a bit of her character. And she's having that nightmare and she wakes up and she gets, starts telling Worf she's being chased and this and mm-hmm. that and that. And he takes the mask off and it's Julian. And Worf goes, what? And that was it. And she goes, yeah. And she starts analysing it. She yeah. Goes, Why are you trying to analyse? Because I'm a counsellor. This is what I do. This is my yeah. job. I, I analyse. And Worf at this point's like, I don't like analysing dreams. Then later on, it's like, well, you dreamt about Dr. Bashir. No, I thought you didn't yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then 
we get another scene with Ducat and Wynn. And this is where he starts stirring the pot about Cisco. He's like, oh, I've always wondered if the MSRA, uh, with him with him not having gone and with him not having gone through the occupation. She's oh yeah, I thought that as well. He's just absolutely yeah. playing a like a fiddle at this point. And, and there's like the part where he goes, uh, Gold the cat sent Yeah. And it's like, you know exactly what you're doing. This just shows what a bastard he is because he's going, oh, you know, I got away from that horrible Gold the cat, you know, and, and you like, know well, that he's enjoying that. The, he's enjoying rubbing about- it in. There's a thing about this, the whole thing, and I think, yeah, okay, we're taking the makeup off. Mm-hmm. But his voice never changes. Doesn't anybody recognise his voice? You'd think so, wouldn't because, you? He does have a very distinctive voice. Yeah, and, and let's be honest, um, he'd have been doing broadcasts all over the place. So say it's like this, and he's talking to someone else, and you're behind me. Yeah. You hear that voice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's you, the cat. <laughs> you would think so, wouldn't you? And maybe he'll say, like, oh, you know, I'm a simple farmer, but I'm also an impressionist and I do a yeah. satirical play about Gilda Cat. Who knows? Um, but yeah, the I fact know, that. I know why, I know why no one of course. When he said, But and, he's and, almost. And this is a bit like um, superheroes. When all the boys yeah. the little eye mask, which is the size of a pair of glasses, but no one ever recognizes Yeah. Him. <laughs> He's almost or gloating cla- or, as, or Superman. as well. Whoever. <laughs> He's almost gloating here as well, because he's basically going, Oh well, when Ducat did this, and it's you know that in his head he's really proud of himself for dropping that in and he's thinking, he Yeah, is. that that were good where I met them all after do that. But <laughs> he has sort is, of the best part is that he already knew that Kai Wing had been in uh had sort of like been involved in getting this one convoy moved. Why yeah. he could why he could play her on this one. <laughs> Absolutely, so, yeah. He's so, done his so, homework, so, he's got a good yeah, backstory. But, but what makes you think is like as Gold the Cat, he let them have a little win because yeah. that amused them. That probably amused them for them to have a little win because then they'd keep going. If you beat them every time, they'd just Maybe, yeah. Go. And he probably enjoyed the fact that they kept fighting a little get bit against him. And he probably he, had these ones that she were bribing. He probably had them executed <laughs> as well. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, Quark then nice little scene where he brings the ring to Cisco and he goes, it's non-refundable. And this is what I was saying. There's things about this with the money. Yeah. Money there, and he goes, it's a special diamond. It was very hard. So he's got, he's got Bajoran money. He's got Ferengi money. Well, I imagine that uh, if you've got Latinum, yeah, it's good everywhere, isn't it? Latinum, like, or we're led to I, believe I, I it. Wa- I wonder if when you're on a frontier outpost like this, because the Federation could obviously get all these things, no problem, all this money. And when you're dealing with drinking, they're probably selling them things in the go, yeah, give us your Latinum. We're fucking pointless. Yeah, we've got a fucking warehouse full of it now. Yeah. 
what are we going to do with it? Oh, we've got these Federation officers on an outpost. Right, um, what do you need? Uh, we don't understand how currency works, so he's 100 bars a week. Yeah. <laughs> and they've all got uh, these huge piles. Like, the Federation officers are probably millionaires or billionaires out with yeah. things. But they don't even think about it because Federation's getting this currency coming from, like, things like Ferengi and all that who still deal with money. You are in the Federation. They just That's it. And... There for them. So they're going, yeah, fine, if you want to give us that for this. Yeah, we'll take that. Uh, and they've worked out what these guys think is fair is a, is a good rate. And they think they're doing a sub so they maybe go, we want, we'll get, the Federation maybe starts, knows that 100 bars is really cheap for whatever it is in the go. We'll give you it for 200 and another friend you like to negotiate. So yeah. they come down and they go, we'll take 125. Mm. It's not really cheap, but they think they beat us down. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we don't give a shit about the And As I say, I think Cisco's getting <laughs> emissaries discount on this, but... Yeah. But I imagine that Not he's from got, Quark, obviously. I imagine he's just got loads of gold press platinum that the Federation probably, have. yeah. And he just goes, yeah, send us some wages, and they go because what do you that's think? the he thing. Goes, they w- I don't know how fucking money works. Send us a lot. They they will have to keep <laughs> reserves of it for when they are trading with worlds that do have money. So yeah. yeah. You'd so, imagine if a Federation officer says, I need some gold but, press latinum, they can supply on, it. On, on, out, on like DS9 when it first started, it's a, it's a far out. It's on the outskirts. Yeah. It's a, and all like exactly. that. It's a frontier station. So you, you have to give you, your officers somewhere that they can function in that society. Of course, so, yeah. And because the Federation doesn't have money, they'll just go, well, we don't know what's fucking good. Here you go. He's a, yeah, he's a have check. as much as you he, like, Cisco. You, you go buying up. You, right, you're going to DS9, right? Here's your chest. You you go like, buy up as much sh- land on Bajor as you want. Don't worry. Like, it's not it's not the but, same as colonialization, honestly. But, but if you ever show... If you ever show... Quark, what he gets is his wages. Quark could probably yeah. have an heart attack and go, what? You're worth what? Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, yeah, back but money to, means nothing to us. Back to Descartes then. So he goes to see Wynne and the, the crops have flowered again. Well, and he says the fl- crops have flowered. Yes, he does say that. And then she, oh, it's a sign from the prophets. And then when he tries to touch her, it's like, don't worry, the prophets have brought us together, so it's all all right. And we've got the two biggest villains in the series are now having it on. So (laughs) there we go. If if nothing else tells you that we're in the end game of the show, it's that. We're, We're doing that with the two big villains. Yeah, let's bring them together. And They're a power couple now. That's it. Uh, and then Cisco decides he don't care. He's going to get married anyway. Not only that, it's a quick wedding. We're, we're doing yeah. it straight away. Kira's not impressed. Kira's not overly impressed, no. 
Um, and it's the first time she's allowed him to do things and all that. Mm. But it's the first time that she's actually, you can see that she's not impressed with it. Yeah, and Udo kind of puts his foot in it. So he goes, oh, mate, I hope the prophets forgive him. And Kira's like, yeah, so do I, because this is serious shit. You know, don't make jokes about it. I mean, she doesn't yeah. say that, but... But that's the like, that Odo's trying like, to be flippant. But yeah, well, Odo goes, no, normally it's you making me have enjoy myself at these occasions. And and I think he just does, still doesn't quite get it. No, that's it. He doesn't. And he doesn't get that to him, it's like, that's almost a throwaway joke. But to Kira, it's like, no, my gods are telling him not to do this. But let's be honest. There's got to be Odo, a reason. But Odo is a god, and he's quite happy with him going against me. That's true. He that's hasn't got true. problems. So Odo is actually speaking from a point of... Uh, parity with... Uh, parity, yeah. Yeah, with yeah, it, yeah he true. It, he isn't speaking as an outsider. He's going, no. Yeah, it's I'm like, well... I'm a god. Well, when I tell my minions not to do something, they don't do it because they're genetically engineered to obey every single thing I say, so we don't have this problem. Yeah. Um, and, I find... And, and, and Odo thinks that... <laughs> and this has been established, and we did cover this, Odo thinks that was a great thing that the founders did. <laughs> they did, yeah. We made the we made the Vorta better. Yeah. Um when we enslaved them. Um yeah. then I like the way the different facets of the prophets are dealt with. Like when they try and stop Cisco one last time, you get most of the prophets are just saying, No, you're only gonna know sorrow, you shouldn't do this. But the prophet who looks like his mum, there's almost a motherly thing comes out, like she says, be careful. Whereas all the other ones are just giving him orders. She's showing some concern for him. And I think that's yeah. a nice touch there. It's like, yeah, that one is his mum. That uh, Yeah. And, and the interesting thing, because we all know it, is that this marriage will only bring sorrow. Is it wasn't actually sorrow for him. No, that's it, exactly. They were trying uh, to they were trying to stop him hurting all this is like we don't know the time, but all this is him trying is them trying to stop him hurting someone else. Yeah, they're like, we know how your story's gonna end. Spoiler. You know, it's it's not going to be very nice. So let's try and not hurt as many people as possible. But you're yeah. not listening, Cisco. But they don't explain it like that. They, no, they don't. They, they sort of say, it's all, this wedding will only bring sorrow. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the cliffhanger. No, we get the cliffhanger that isn't really a cliffhanger. Uh, that we talked about, which is the Breener in league with the Dominion. Not a great shock to anybody at this point, but... But we do have the thing that even just before the Breen come on board, Wyoun, uh, well, Demar goes to the bridge of the uh, Dominion ship and he demands to know what's going yeah. on. Yeah. We've been travelling for so long. 
what we're doing, where we're going, and you immediately get the slimy way in. Oh, I was just coming to see you. Yeah, of course, of course you was. Should, of course you should know what's happening. And this is, we're going to get into this a lot more in the coming weeks, but this is the first sign of the Dominion's got a new toy now. Like, Cardassia was was what we used. Cardassia is the Woody, and now we've got Buzz Lightyear with the brains. So. Yeah, it's like, Cardassia, let us get in here. And, yeah, we've expended a lot of them. We need yeah. something new now to play we, with. We've got something new to play with, and you're going to move down the pecking order, but we'll... We'll get into that next week. So next week, we're back to just covering two episodes. We are building towards the season finale, which we're going to do live at the Sci-Fi Weekender we in are, the Recutters um, we pl- We're planning about half one. About half do. one we're aiming for. Uh, um, finishing when, time for three for the Troopers meeting. So. I, uh, yeah, I am going to be putting out in advance, sort of like for us going out live as well on YouTube and yeah. Facebook Live, etc. So keep an eye on the show. about two, so but we're thinking so one o'clock, half one, probably week read cutters. Yeah, so keep an eye on the socials for that. Speaking of the socials, we're at Retrek Pod on X, we're retrekpod at gmail.com. Elliot's got Retrek Model Studios, where you've just been doing some serious computer programming. Uh, well, I actually had two videos come out since last week. I did the finale of the Dirk, Mo- Dirk Numa uh, nostalgia build. Uh, yeah. My Spitfire, which was... If you like doing models, it's a really interesting challenge. <laughs> yeah. But then I did a load of... Ex- electronics work and you don't want to watch me hmm. writing code for bloody ages but i did do a little video and i showed the effects working on the bluetooth app and i i think it's quite cool awesome so keep an eye on that one and though he was absent tonight dr squeeze got the dr squeeze show check all that out epi- on... he has an episode going out tomorrow night at seven o'clock tomorrow um, night seven o'clock I, I, and i apologize i can't remember who he's interviewing but it is going out at seven o'clock tomorrow night but the most recent episode, he interviewed Madame Misfit, who's also going to be at SFW and is a fantastic music artist if you've not checked her out. And she's going to lend me her gold suit to try on. She's going to lend you her gold suit, so we'll see how all that goes. <laughs> um, we'll be back next week then to talk about the next couple of episodes of DS9. Thanks for trekking with us this time, and we'll see you next time on The Retrek. Thank you. Goodbye.